0: powered through the alaska airline studios this is bump and stacy on seattle sports. sports streaming through the seattle sports app now here are your hosts michael bumpus and stacy ross
1: here we go now ahead of the super bowl having a nice x's and O's conversation the athletics ted wind joins us now on the emerald queen casino sportsbook hotline ted how's it going good how are you uh, fantastic. We are uh, excited to talk to you uh, about a ton of storylines happening in the NFL. We're going to get started in Seattle, though, where Mike McDonald's been hired as head coach. What was your reaction to that news, by the way?
2: Uh, I loved it for Seattle. I mean, to me, Mike McDonald was the top coaching candidate available. I might be a little biased because I, I've known people that have worked with him and talked to him, and they, are, they just rave about his ability as a, as a teacher and, and how he sees the game and um you know i think being a teacher is such an underrated part of being a coach everybody just looks at the schematics x and o's they want that offensive play caller but i think being able to relay your message to players and being able to install what you want with the players is important and we saw him do that in baltimore and um you know i, I think a scheme is so um it's trendy right now and it, it's it just works with what where the offensive trend is going, especially against those Shanahan McVay types of offenses, which is extremely important to NFC West because you are facing the originators of those systems with Shanahan McVay. So I, I think it's a fantastic hire and uh you know, we'll see what he does with his staff. I know it's a little bit of late into the process of trying to find guys to fill out your staff, but uh, I'm curious to see what happens there.
3: Yeah, um one of the things with Mike McDonald is that he's thirty six years old and people are saying, Well, who does he know in this league? Um, but if you look at his history, I mean he's he's been around mines for a long time. Um is there a concern with you when it comes to hiring the right people or do you feel like, you know, he's he's associated with the hardballs he's been to Baltimore. Um, do you feel like he'll be able to uh fill some voice fairly quickly? Yeah, I,
2: I think the problem is, you know, he he was the Ravens were in playoff race for so long, and he was hired so late that there aren't just a, there aren't a ton of people that are available uh, like they were in the beginning of the process. And yeah, he is young, and you know I know he does have some connections, but I, I think it is a concern that he you know he doesn't have these deep deep uh, rooted um, connections within the league to just you know talk to whoever he wants to. Um, but he, like you said, he, he comes from the hardball tree and, and those hardballs, they, they know how to put together an elite staff. So hopefully he's picked the brain of um, heart, you know, John and, and see what his process is like when he picks out coaches and fills out his staff.
1: Now, he certainly, Mike McDonald, was able to pick apart Kyle Shanahan's offense. We've all been, you know, raving about Shanahan's offense for years and the different, you know, iterations of it. But the Ravens stifled the 49ers. Obviously, you're an X's and O's, guys, with the Athletic. um, And I know that you watched that game. When you look back, what stood out most to you?
2: Well, they they were able to tip a lot of passes. And I, I think that was probably emphasis for them. Um, Brock Purdy actually that, that's one of the things he struggles with is he, he's um, a top he's top three in passes that were a tip of the line of scrimmage and a, a few of them came against the Ravens and um, I talked to some of the Ravens players after the game and they said that Brock Purdy's a spot thrower like he he's an anticipation thrower he throws certain areas against certain coverages on certain plays and they, they knew where those spots were and they kind of jumped those Um, So it kind of speaks to how well prepared they were and the type of game plan they had against Purdy.
3: Uh, Purdy's been a a topic for the last couple of seasons now, right? No one wants to believe that he's capable of doing the things that he does every single week. Um, How big is it now – Stacey, we we're talking about just the the scenarios of the Super Bowl, right? If, if Pat Mahomes wins, then the the story is going to be he overcame a horrible defense with a strong or horrible offense with a strong defense. And if Brock Purdy does it, he's uh, he's Mister Irrelevant. Which story is uh, is more attractive to you to you? If you're writing about it or talking about it, which one would you like to see, or which one gives you more content? I should say.
2: Mm, uh, I mean, I I think I, I don't like that. You know, we just constantly go on this up and down wave with quarterbacks based on how they perform in, in one game, you know, like everybody, you know, like there are guys like Emmanuel Ocho saying that Josh Allen was comparable to Philip Rivers because he lost that AFC championship game. But when in reality, he played awesome in that game. And the defense kind of let them down in that game. Um, so, it, you know, I, I don't like just describing, um, uh, how good quarterbacks are or, um, you know, this and that, just based on their latest game we have to look at the whole total body of work and um, quarterback wins are to me, a very overrated status. It, it, it's a team game. Um, but to me, I think it, it is pretty interesting that um, if Mahomes could pull this off, that, you know, he, he was able to win with an elite defense. And I, you know, I don't think this chiefs, offense or this chiefs, team in total is as bad as people say it is it's a different type of team than we've seen in the past where it is led by the defense and offense has some limited weapons and they make do with what they have but it is a different type of team but it doesn't mean that they're worse because this defense is really you know a really strong unit and it deserves a lot of praise
1: it does deserve a lot of praise. You did a great job of that with a recent piece for The Athletic. Unfortunately, they're going to have their hands full. Spagnola has a task ahead of him. Tell us uh, a bit about this matchup preview you have between Kyle Shanahan's offense and Spagnola's defense.
2: Yeah, I think again, um, this Chiefs defense has been awesome all year, and they have an elite secondary with a bunch of really good young players like Trent McDuffie. Uh, but they've been susceptible against run, especially zone runs. They – we're at 31st in yards per carry allowed against zone runs, and the Niners are the best teams in terms of um, yards per carry on zone runs. So it's going to be a challenge to stop this, this running attack. They have light bodies. Part of the reasons why they're so good in secondary um, is because they, they put light bodies on the field because they need to match up against uh, certain players when they blitz, which Spagnuolo loves to do. Uh, and they don't have a lot of good defensive tackles. I mean, they have Chris Jones. Um, and they have Carlos, uh, Kar- who's a defensive end. Um, but they, they've lost some players to injuries, like Charles Aminehu, uh who was injured last week. So they don't have a lot of big bodies to r- rotate inside. And that's going to be a problem against this Niners run. So it, it's not going to be a, just a skill-on-skill skill thing if the Chiefs hope um, to beat or to slow down this Niners attack. It's going to have to be schematic. There's going to be There's going to have to be run blitzes. They're going to have to mix up their fronts. They're going to have to try to fuse uh, this Niners offensive of line, which is very hard to do because they just don't have the bodies to match up man to man with this uh, the, this um, Niners rushing attack.
3: Kyle Shanahan has uh, been in this position before 2019. Uh, they lose to the Chiefs, and um, we've been talking about them all week. Like, what does this game mean? to the legacy of kyle shanahan 2016 as an office coordinator with the falcons you got that um that loss to the patriots and then we look at just the roster how it's constructed and trying to predict what's going to happen I-, I assume brock purdy is going to continue to play some good football you're gonna have to pay him guys are getting getting older if kyle shanahan can't get it done this year uh wh- what does that mean for his window
2: uh, I mean, it, it's huge. I mean, I, I don't think the window's going to close on the Niners anytime soon. They're, they're a well-constructed team, and, um, you know, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan has shown the ability to, to find these uh, blue-chip players and, and put together strong rosters year after year. And like you said, Rob Purdy's only in year two. He's going to continue to get better. Um, so, but again, it's going to be hard to replicate, replicate this collection of skilled players. I mean, when you look at um, the offense, Christian McCaffrey, Kyle Juszczyk is such a unique piece and he's vital to what they do. Brandon Ayuk, Devo Samuel, George Kittle. Um, you know, even if you were – I think this group should stay together for another year, maybe another um, two years. But um, later down the line, like it, it's going to be hard to replicate how good this offensive skill player is. So maybe this window might be open for another year, maybe it's open for another um, two years. But I, I think Kyle Shanahan just – as good of, he, he's such a good coach that he's going to continue to be in this mix. But right now his, his reputation is one that, um, you know, he's a guy that just can't win a big game. And he has made some uh, mistakes schematically or, or play calling wise um, late late in these games that have contributed to the loss. I don't, I don't want to say that, you know, he, him passing the ball too much late in these games or something. They, it was a one reason why they they lost, but, um, you know, A lot of people are blaming his play calling late in games for this loss. So to shed that reputation, obviously he's going to have to win the big game and he has a huge opportunity this week. But just like any other great quarterback and great coach in this era, you're going to have to beat Patrick Mahomes. And that's an extremely tough thing to do because he might be the, the best, the greatest quarterback of all time. And he's going to stop a lot of legacies and he's going to stop a lot of um, great players and great coaches from um, from reaching that pinnacle.
1: How Obviously, you watch so much tape. Uh, it's your job, but also you enjoy doing it. Um, and it's interesting. I, I follow a lot of folks who are into analytics and um, watching film, and they always have these great takeaways, and I feel like I learn things. And it's so funny when sometimes the simplest thing is true. You mentioned Patrick Mahomes. How often do you just watch tape and you go, yeah, it's just whoever has the best quarterback. Like It's just sometimes it just comes down to the most important thing in the game because I feel like that's kind of on display this weekend. One team that built this powerhouse and another team that has the best player in football.
2: Yeah, and I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth because earlier I just said quarterback wins is an uh, overrated stat, but when you're talking about possibly the greatest quarterback of all time, it, it does make a difference. And he's paired with Andy Reid, one of the greatest, Offensive the minds of all times so um it, i call it the but home the butt mahomes factor it's like you see all these matchups and you see all these things that sway one way but then at the end of the, at the end of the analysis or end of the film watching session or the end of everything you just say but they have mahomes right. so it's tough it, it, it's really tough and last week i was so sure that the ravens were going to win you know i just looked like the Ravens have advantage here. They have advantage here. They have advantage here. And then the, but, but Mahomes factor comes up fourth and two, you know, he, nobody's open. And he finds, he throws across his body and hits Travis Kelsey perfectly for a huge first down early in the game. And then Kyle Hamilton has Travis Kelsey locked up in a in an end zone. He throws a perfect back shoulder fade to him that no one can defend, you know? So it, it's just kind of crazy. What we're seeing right now, uh, with Mahomes and Andy Reid, and it. it's just, it's always a factor.
3: It's been a, a crazy offseason, right? Lots of, what, eight teams at one point needed a head coach, and all those vacancies are filled now. The Cowboys, on the other hand, were one of the teams that people thought would uh, would get a new head coach. Were you surprised that Mike McCarthy uh, was still there? Did you think they'd go a different route? What are your thoughts? Um, I'll,
2: I'll, I'll sort of... 60, 40 that he would come back just because he has done very well in a regular season. He has a, um, a, a very strong regular season record. And we know that Jerry Jones has been very loyal to his head coaches. He doesn't just fire people. Um, he, 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 willy nilly. He just, he, you know, we saw how long he stayed with Jason Garrett, who had a much worse record than Mike McCarthy. So I wasn't surprised he came, um, Came around and, and decided to keep him around for another season. And Dak Prescott did make a lot of strides under uh, Mike McCarthy uh, during the season. I mean, um, even in that playoff game, you know, I know they weren't good early in the game, but they did put off a lot of points. It felt like it was more of um, a defensive letdown. Why the Cowboys lost that game? So uh, you know, I, I saw why, and I could kind of, you know, I kind of thought that um, they would stick with McCarthy for uh, for another year. Um, So we'll see what happens. I mean, whoever they hire, defensive coordinator is going to be a huge hire. I think Mike Zimmer would be um, tremendous if if they do make that decision. Um, But, yeah, I wasn't that surprised that McCarthy did come back.
1: Hey, um, kind of a big question. So it's okay if you don't have an answer because I'm springing it on you. But I was thinking it as you were talking about um, specifically Shanahan's offense. Are there trends – Around the league or just uh, in the NFL in general that you can see kind of making a return. For instance, this is uh, not a specific play, but like we saw scoring was down in the league this year. And one of the most interesting things to me this season has been, well, why is like is defense better? Is this like a year of a defensive coordinator or offenses just getting hurt? Like what's going on? Um. And I am looking at teams using running backs a bit more after we were all having conversations about, uh, you know, being able to replace running backs easily. Is there just kind of like a trend that you can see kind of either coming back, changing the way you think about ball, anything like that?
2: Mm, You know, I think um, for a while, teams did try to replicate what the Niners were doing and fullbacks were kind of making a comeback. Um teams were trying to find that pullback that um, could kind of emulate what Kyle Juszczyk does. But um, it, it's really hard because, you know, you, you need to find a guy that can be a bruiser inside. But you also need him to be a capable receiver. And that's almost um, impossible to find. And the Shanahan offense, um, ben, Benjamin Thalak from the Ringer wrote a fantastic piece about this. Um, yesterday, but yeah, it uh, it, it, it's really evolved. It, it, it's no longer this uh, play action heavy type of offense. It, it's a matchup dependent offense. So um, it it's not really a system. It's more of, can you collect this really unique um, group of players where you can cause all these matchup problems? Because, um, you know, you're not relying on the play action anymore, but if, but if you put 21 personnel, meaning you put two backs, one tight end and uh, two receivers on the field. How do you, how are defenses going to match up with that? Are they going to put out their base defense? If you put out your base defense, then they could take advantage of you in a passing game because they, you know, you have a linebacker against Christian McCaffrey. You have a linebacker against George Kittle or a linebacker against Kyle Uchek. If you put your sub personnel in, you put five or six DBs on the field, then they're going to run on you. So, um, I don't know if it's a trend, but I think you do want to look for that group of versatile players where you can't punish defenses, whatever, you know, whatever they do.
1: Yeah, no, that's a perfect answer. I was just, you know, the kind of those like larger concepts of just kind of interesting things that, you know, you learned or are happening around the league. Good stuff. Uh, he is the Athletics Ted Wynn. Read his work at athletic.com. Thanks, Ted.
2: Thanks, Ted. No problem. Thanks for having me on.
1: All right, let's get to four down territory.
0: This, this is four down territory going inside, inside the, the game. game with former Seahawks and Coug wide receiver, Michael Bumpus First
1: down on the Pat McAfee show. Dan Marino said he'd be able to throw for 6,000 yards in today's game. Do you believe him?
3: Dan Marino, the greatest quarterback to never win a championship is real. Um, in 1984, he threw for 5,084 yards, 48 touchdowns and seven interceptions. And in 1984, Right? He had 564 attempts, but what's even more impressive, he was only sacked 13 times that whole year. Crazy. This year, Trevor Lawrence had the same amount of attempts, 564 as Dan Marino did in 1984. He had 4,000 yards, 21 touchdowns, and 14 interceptions. Mahomes in 2022 had 648 attempts. He had 5,250 yards, 41 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. So Dan Marino was averaging 14 yards per catch. Crazy. Crazy. Right, uh, he had 84 less attempts than Patrick Mahomes. So if you just times 84 by 14 and assume that he completes those, right, he's gonna add another what uh, 1,100 yards to his deal. Dan Marino can definitely throw for 6,000 yards in today's offense. Do you remember how the game was played in 1984? Me neither. I wasn't
0: born yet, Stacey. <laughs> no. Uh,
3: but I would assume it was a bit more physical than today's game. Right. Going across the middle was tougher. You could probably body slam the QBs at that point. But he was still only sacked 13 times. So that tells me he was getting the football out of his hands quick as heck. Dan Marino in today's game would dominate. And it's unfortunate that he never got himself a Super Bowl win because he's uh, more than deserving of that thing. I second that. Dan Marino would tear this NFL up.
1: The 206 texting in. We're on a bit of a delay. So we may have already answered it. Um, But what's up with old men saying they can play in today's age? You kind of answered it already. But um, to, to throw that question your way, Bump, I think it's because those, quote, old men look at how the rules of the game have changed and yeah. say, yeah, it benefited offense. benefits offense now in a way it never did before.
3: It's not as violent. Yeah. It's still a violent game. Don't get it twisted. You still get your your, your head wrung during this whole deal. But it's just a different game. And they protect quarterbacks and receivers like they never have
1: before. Second down. Yeah. Chargers. This is interesting. A rumor to be listening to trade offers for Joey Bosa. What team would be a good fit for him?
3: Bosa, man. Um, now, the thing about Joey Bosa is that he's only played in 14 games the last two seasons. He's 29 years old, and he's owed $25 million in both 24 and 25. Now, what teams could use his services? The first team I look at, I go to Houston. They got $65 million in cap space. And imagine him teamed up with Will Anderson, who had seven sacks last year. Only difference is they run a 4-3. Chargers ran a 3-4. Don't matter. is the type of guy who can play. Houston has eight draft picks. Then I look at the Detroit Lions, $61 million in cap space. Imagine him teamed up with Aiden Hutchinson. He had 11 sacks. That's another 4-3. They have seven draft picks. I mentioned the draft picks because you're going to have to give up something, right? Yeah. You're not just straight up. Um, and then the Las Vegas Raiders also have $43 million in cap space. Imagine him teamed up with Max Ooh. Crosby with 14 and a half sacks. Now, I doubt the Crosby thing goes down because you are in the same division, right? You don't want to see this guy uh, two times a year. But I'm looking at those three teams and I'm going, go, look, you got money. You already have your Batman on one side. What if you get a Robin on the other side? Joey Bosa is a talent. He hasn't been healthy the last couple years. You got to bank on him. Um, being, able to, being, being able to put together three or four years, he's 29 years old. I say he has three or four more good years left in him. But uh, if you are a team that is right on the cusp of, of doing something great that's why i point out houston and detroit and i throw las vegas in it just because i feel like antonio pierce is the complete players coach and can get a guy like joey bolsa to buy into what they're doing over there you got to go after this dude so those are my three teams if they got money they got draft picks houston detroit and the raiders go ahead and, and shoot your shot and see what happens
1: i'd love to see it third down with the selections into the pro bowl hall of fame being announced what realization did you come to
3: I've come to the realization that we will never see great returners again. It's over, man. And unless um, you find a really good pump returner. But the last time we saw good good pump returners, we had superstars back there taking these punts. The pump return game now is just for possession. That's why you have the dude with no wiggle and for sure hands back there catching it. Now, kick returns are eliminating that. Um, Off top, so we just won't see it anymore. I I remember watching Josh Cribbs eight career kickoffs for a touchdown, and and Josh Cribbs—that's the perfect name for a returner. Take it to the crib, is what we used to say growing up. You got Leon Washington. You guys know Leon. Eight career kickoffs for touchdowns. My man who inspired me to be a returner, we got Dante Hall. We all remember his return against the Broncos making guys look silly. Now, this goes back in the day for you historians, man. One of the smoothest athletes I've ever seen. Gail Sayers was nice, man. He had a game where he had six touchdowns against the 49ers, I believe. And now you got Deion Sanders. He's got nine touchdowns uh, in the return game. Cordell Patterson, who's still in the game. And the greatest to do it Devin Hester, who will be in the Hall of Fame, um, I think it's official, he's going in this year. 14 pump returns for touchdowns, 20 total. I look at just the way the game is played. Players are getting paid a lot more money. You want to protect your assets. You're not putting your ballers back there on kick return and pump returns. That's the difference in today's game is that the the guys who can take it to the house, take it to the crib, aren't back there anymore.
1: Do you think that that's, what kick started this or cuz there's also been a change in rules with returns do you think that that was kind of an influence too?
3: well the rules changed the kickoff return game yeah. not the punt return game okay so uh, you look at punt return it's like we're not putting our stars back there Yeah, kickoff return you know we we have seen Debo Samuel back there as of late though um so i props to the 49ers putting Debo back there cuz you want him to touch the ball as many times as possible but it's rules and it's money that changed again we won't we won't see another great returner Again.
1: But what if we see this Sunday another great return?
3: Well, then big ups and I will be standing there like a proud uncle with a smile on my face Are and you a beer in my hand.
1: To do that for a Bull Take Friday? Sure. Okay. Let's do it. Great. Fourth down. Non-football news. What you got?
3: All right, non-football news. Our guy Brandon Gufsson is at the waste management. Deal in Scottsdale, and I'm extremely jealous. It's a bucket list type of thing. So I saw a stat. It said last year, TPC Scottsdale announced that they sold four million alcoholic beverage during the Waste Management Open. Oh four God. million! <laughs> people in Arizona getting lit, oh, and God. I hope my guy BG is one of them people who's getting lit. Something tells me he's having himself a good time. Drink man. water. Uh, this is uh, this is what I love, man. Um, There's nothing like a football-type atmosphere on the golf course. Um, I've never experienced it in a setting like that. I have during some some club tournaments where you tee off on the first tee, everyone's booing you and all that stuff. But, uh, yeah, man, 4 million, 4.6, actually, uh, when it comes to uh, alcoholic beverages being sold. Something tells me they'll sell more this year.
1: I don't uh, watch a lot of tournaments. I obviously know the Masters is very formal and all of that, but how does this event compare to, like, is it more informal? Is it just like fun? Is it
3: they? They just allow people to get nuts. I mean, you just go on um, X Twitter and type in waste management, and you're gonna see people walking sideways, walking backwards, <laughs> taking naps. Like it is. Um, it's a real bro type of scene, and the okay. women get involved too. I've seen women uh, chugging beers. It's just um, it's real American, honestly, Stacey. Real American.
1: Hype train coming up next.
0: Bumpin' Stacy,
1: powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios
0: on Seattle Sports. Here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Ross.
1: Get your questions in for What I Need to Know. Coming your way in 15 minutes. You can text those questions, any question at all. Text it now, Mac and Jack's text line, 866 979 3776. Right now, we're heading to the station for Hive Train. Let's go. The Seahawks haven't hired their offensive coordinator yet, though that hasn't stopped them from being linked to several names, from Ryan Grubb to Chip Kelly uh, to Tanner Ingstrad with the Lions. And while they haven't been formally linked, people are wondering if Eric Bieniemy could be a fit in Seattle. This is your first hype train. The Seahawks should hire Chip Kelly as OC.
3: The Seahawks should hire whoever Mike McDonald wants. One. If Mike McDonald thinks Chip Kelly is the guy, then you hire Chip Kelly. If he thinks... Um, Tanner is the guy then you hire that guy so um, this is a tough one
1: I know I made because, it intentionally tricky
3: because I think Chip Kelly is qualified for that position and he will bring some things to the table that maybe another guy wouldn't but I don't know Mike McDonald I don't know what he's looking for
1: let me reframe this because this is what I really want to know your answer to Chip Kelly would be a great OC for the Seahawks. A great yeah. hire at OC okay, for Okay, boom,
3: easy. Yeah, it would yeah. be. Okay. I think it would be because of um, he's going to run the football. He's going to run the football. He's going to use all of his options. Is he okay with just riding shotgun and letting Mike do his thing? But I, I like it.
1: All right. Uh, I'm going to reframe the hype train here. The the wow. train underwent some just, you know, little. Uh, it's a
0: bullet train now.
3: Yeah,
1: exactly. Dang. Uh, a Chip <laughs> Kelly hired OC would be a great move for the Seahawks. Bump is boarding. Are you, Curtis? This
0: is like when they change your gate at the airport and don't, like, broadcast it over the intercom. Right. You got to show up to your gate and it's like, such and such flight has moved to B5.
1: All and of it's a sudden, like, you- I'm in the A gate. Like,
0: they're boarding.
1: You just boarding hear it now. on the intercom. A4, A4, A4. Uh,
0: <laughs> Curtis Rogers. If you are... Yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> And boarding in three minutes.
0: <laughs> so, the, Chip Kelly would be a great yes. hire as Seahawks offensive coordinator. I don't know, man. If it wouldn't
1: psych you out, I gotta not, say no. I'm
0: not psyched out by it. I'm not boarding this train okay. mainly because I, I it, it's in another terminal and I can't get there in right. time. Uh, I. I think I'm on the Ryan Grubb train. I think he is my my leader in the clubhouse. I the Seahawks should hire his offensive coordinator. I want to see Geno just chucking it around the yard 40, 50 times a game. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, Ryan Grubb is my pick. I think if I had to rank them, it would go Grubb, Chip, the enemy, then Engstrand.
1: That's probably about where I'd be. I'm going to say, though, I am going to board the train just to say it would be a good hire because of the options, the four options we opened the show with, I'm totally fine with it. Mm -hmm. Totally fine with it. None of them are like when there were head coaching options, I was so excited at the prospect of hiring Mike McDonald, as were you. Um, I feel less of a buy-in with any of the names we've heard with this. So I'm just going with, yeah, good experience. I'll co-sign. Next hype train. It's my prediction for Super Bowl MVP. Kind of like a bold take Friday, the hype train version. Super Bowl MVP this Sunday will be 49ers quarterback, Brock Purdy.
3: So that means Purdy and um is winning this thing. And I think they are the favorites. They should be the favorites. But there's something called... What, what do you call it? Butt Mahomes?
1: The Butt Mahomes, <laughs> but Mahomes, Mahomes
3: factor. The I Butt Mahomes mean,
0: factor. I mean, that's what you'd
3: hope to call it. Not, not... And we're not talking about his gluteus maximus. It's like, what about Mahomes? But I think that every... Star needs to be humbled. And uh, Tom Brady, he's the GOAT. Psych. Eli Manning beat him twice. <laughs> so Brock Purdy's going to get her done. He'll be the MVP. Niners gang, bing,
0: bing, bang.
1: All right. Bump is boarding. Uh, Curtis, the hype train is that Brock Purdy will be Super Bowl MVP. Are you boarding?
0: <sighs> what a weird timeline it would be in to see Brock Purdy hoisting Lombardi and, and winning Super Bowl MVP. I can't pick against Patrick Mahomes in this kind of scenario. This dude is is undeniable right now going for his third, third Lombardi trophy already. Uh, I think he gets it. I have the Chiefs winning this one 31 to 23. High-scoring affair. Patrick Mahomes, Super Bowl MVP. It's not going to be Brock. Kurt is always with the
3: extra credit. He always tries to
1: outdo us. Exactly. Exactly.
0: Teacher, are you still still
3: getting the five extra points? We had
1: homework yesterday that you forgot to ask about. Um, I'm going to go with the 49ers, unfortunately, though I hope I'm going to be rooting (laughs) for the Chiefs to win. I'm going to go with the 49ers in terms of just what I see on paper. Uh, And I'm going to go with Christian McCaffrey. Um, I'm going to lean into the idea that what the 49ers do best can exploit potentially one of the lone weaknesses with Kansas City's defense. So I'm going to go Christian McCaffrey, like three touchdowns, MVP. Uh, Next, type train. This one's keeping it simple. The Super Bowl should be on Saturday.
3: Definitely should be on Saturday. Board the train, board the train, board the train, board the train. Like, come on, man. I got to be able to, to... To experience it for real, yeah. for real, you yeah. know? I got three kids, man. I don't drink too much in front of my kids, but every now and then I need to be like, kids, leave me alone. Daddy's having beer and cigars. Don't talk <laughs> to me. You know what? My, my my boys are to the age now to where they know and they're watching the game. They're asking the right questions. My baby girl's just like, whatever, dad. What team are we rooting for? She always asks me that. What team do we like? I'm like, I don't like any team. Well, how do you watch the game if you don't like any team, dad? Yeah. Because this is what I do for work. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, man, Saturday. So I can kick it with the fam, drink the drink, mm-hmm. and do what I do.
1: The Super Bowl should be on Saturday. Bump took no time to board that train. He was he was already on it before I even said it. Are you boarding this train?
0: I have never boarded a train with more gusto than right now. <laughs> boarding this train, yes, 1,000%. It should absolutely be on a Saturday. What are we doing putting the Super Bowl a day before the work week starts? Right. That's ridiculous. Figure it out, NFL. Come
1: on. Fix this. Um, I'm also boarding this train, and it's for two reasons. One, I always get the Sunday scaries. It doesn't matter how many shows I'm excited to watch. It doesn't matter if I have the whole day off. I always have the Sunday scaries. I, I love my job, but no one loves going into work early in the morning after you just got to take the day off. Mm-hmm. And number two, I am officially of the age where not only do I have to worry about a hangover if I drink, but a hangover if I eat. You know what I mean? When you have, like, next <laughs> you day. You know I know what I say. You have like next day indigestion, where you're like, "I'm still full. Like you're I need a day to recover."
0: Yeah, that's. Oh, like you
1: just you get to be an age where you're like, if I veer in any way from my routine, <laughs> I need minimum 24 hours to recover.
0: You have the tums on hand. <laughs>
1: Yo, they're ready. They <laughs> yeah. are ready to go. Next and last hype train into the station. Speaking of keeping those tums on hand, I'm echoing back to uh, an opinion, a conversation that we were talking about from, I believe, uh, yesterday, Wednesday. Wings are an appetizer and not a main course.
3: This this was a big issue yesterday. Uh, this was yesterday. incredibly controversial. And um, I do think they're appetizers. I had one guy come at me and say, "Damn, man, you eat somewhere different. All you do is eating Bellevue and all." <laughs> I go, and I I, I roll back. I go, oh, you got me effed up, dog. If you really think that I'm spending most of my time in Bellevue eating high cuisine type stuff, <laughs> right? But like, thank you. Yeah, I mean, do I project that? Thank you, I think. But <laughs> nah, man, I'm. <laughs> I'm I'm as regular as they get. And uh, no, they're an appetizer.
1: Uh, Thank you for boarding that train. It's the right one to board. Wings are an appetizer and not a main course. By the way, Curtis, uh, you weren't here, but it stemmed from uh, a Super Bowl survey that said, what's the main entree for the majority of Americans? And number one was wings. And number two was pizza. Bump and I both thought pizza was a better answer because wings are not a main entree. Like, they're always an appetizer. When you order pizza, yeah. you get wings also because True. you get them on the side.
0: Yeah, but then you've got restaurants like Wingstop and Buffalo Wild Wings that exist with wings as a main. And
1: you know why and they're they wildly exist? popular? Because it's the only places where wings are main things. It's almost like a niche type restaurant.
0: Yeah. I can, I, I can see why they would be an Thank appetizer. You. I will board this.
1: Thank you for validating. Would I say
0: no to wings as a main course? No, Absolutely no, right. not. Absolutely you're not. just manipulated the heck out of you right now. Well, I wasn't here for <laughs> the almost discussion became a lawyer. yesterday. Okay, I thought about going to law school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, I've, I'll board that train, but I'm not saying no to them as a main course. Absolutely
1: not. not. Well, but here's the thing. If wings are going to be a main course, just, just if you're someone that's fighting with me and you, you're going to argue wings are a main course... How many orders are you ordering? Oh, two, three. You know why? Because it probably only comes with six, unless it's a specialty place, because they're an appetizer. And if you want to make them a main course, you have to naturally have more orders of wings. I rest my case. I'm boarding the train. That's it for Hype Train. You're listening to Bump and Stacy on Seattle Sports in the Seattle Sports app. Get your questions in to what I need to know. Any question, text it now 866 979 3776.
0: Bump and Stacy.
1: Powered through the Alaska
0: Airlines Studios on Seattle Sports. Here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Rost.
1: Oh my god, I already love our first question. It's what I need to know brought to you by All Red Heating Cooling Electric 866-979-3776. That's where you're sending any and all questions. Anything. Someone asked for a Reggie update. I don't have one. We do not have one, but
3: I got one for you. Yeah? Took care of that. Don't worry about it. <laughs>
1: No, care that. no, no, no. <laughs> 866-979-3776. It doesn't have to be sports like this one. What I need to know, what's a sauce you can't live without?
0: A sauce. Ooh, good, good
1: question. I love barbecue sauce.
3: Yeah, it's barbecue. Or
1: honey mustard. It's
3: barbecue. Yeah. I can put barbecue on dang anything. or anything.
1: Okay. I also use barbecue for like, if I'm trying to be really strict about dieting, sugar-free barbecue sauce. Makes anything taste good. That's how I get through just having like. I
3: once dipped macaroni and cheese in barbecue sauce. I
1: respect it. Yeah, I respect it. I've had
0: uh, like pulled pork on top of macaroni
3: and Mm -hmm. cheese.
1: Yeah,
3: it works. Mac and cheese and barbecue sauce might be the deadliest combo with anything else. Like it's the it's the one two punch. You just throw something else in there and it might be all right.
1: Curtis, is yours barbecue sauce too?
0: It's out there, like Sweet Baby Ray's.
1: Yeah, are we unanimous? Yeah. Honey uh, mustard was my second.
0: I like me some uh, Cholula. Okay, that's some good stuff. Yeah, sweet and sour sauce.
3: Three Six
1: O said his ranch sauce. So- yeah, yeah, any sauce that you yeah. would use to dip something in, mm-hmm. counting it. What I need to know? We were just debating this. Which song will Usher sing first at the halftime show?
3: Baby, let me love you now. <laughs> There's so, so many, many ways to love, to love you. you. Let
1: me Matt, you know love that in song, this Matt? club Probably in there too I said you got it bad <laughs> no, You, 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 you got mad. it
3: Matt, I don't know oh, We got to hear from Matt Matt, Matt. Do you, How many Usher songs Do you know
2: Zero
1: Matt wow. Guess Matt Guess An Usher song
2: <laughs> Whatever the one You were just <laughs> no, 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 no 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 <laughs>
1: Matt I want you to say The name Of an Usher song That you think exists
2: Love uh, Just, love. Love. just love. love Just love Love what Wait
1: love what I don't know. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, okay.
0: I think during Usher's performance, we will see a cameo from Lil' Jon
3: Oh, yeah. yeah. You he know already, why? Because he, he lives it. in Vegas. He announced it. He yeah. said Lil' John's definitely yeah. on the Yeah. 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 Let's, let's go. Let's get
1: it, make it happen. Uh, yeah. Yeah is an option, but I just said yeah. Um, <laughs> He'll definitely do yeah. Oh, Bump said he thinks that's going to be the last one. Ooh. Yeah. What is your fit from the 425? What's the best streaming TV show ever? So you can't do, like, a Breaking Bad. Streaming only.
3: Man. Uh, Snowfall. I know none of y'all have watched that. Snowfall.
1: That's streaming only?
3: Yeah. That um, was on FX.
1: I liked Queen's Matthew? Gambit a lot. I wouldn't say it's...
3: You <laughs> might be a white homie at the cookout. What? <laughs> it's easier for guys. Women, so, you guys got to, you know, so you know how the annoying. women be. I've been you trying be. so
1: hard. It's best streaming show.
3: So it's not streamed? Is that um, I just eliminated myself? Yeah. Sorry. God dang it. You're not invited anymore. You know
1: what? I was (laughs) years ago into making a murderer. I've slightly changed my opinion about it, but I was, that was one of the better ones where I was telling everyone to watch it. I was spreading the word like gospel.
3: Spreading the word. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Love is blind. I mean, yeah, I I mean,
0: it's trash reality TV,
1: but love love is is blind. is New season coming up. Mm -hmm. Someone said stranger things. That is streaming. only. Okay. I'm thinking of like Netflix exclusive shows, and I feel like I'm mad at myself for not you knowing more of them. You should be. This is, this
0: is what this you is, do. I
1: know. Uh, let's oh, see.
0: 360, Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso.
1: Oh, God. Oh. That's such oh, an obvious no. answer. He's no. down. Yeah. I, that's down. HBO.
0: HBO.
2: Dang
1: it. Yeah. I'm going to keep it moving, Bump. I'm going to keep it moving. <laughs> <laughs> what, what I need to know. Wait, I lost my little question list. Uh, do you think Pete Carroll will ever coach again? We've gotten this one a couple
3: times. I don't think so. You don't? No. Oh,
1: I I was going to say, yeah.
3: I don't think so. I think um, he's a consultant. He might go upstairs and and do some stuff. I think think once you take that year off, man, you're you're at 72, you might be like, I'm good.
1: Bump, I'll have you know that at least some listeners are doing the same thing you're doing, which is they discovered it on streaming, but Mm -hmm. it's not a streaming show. Someone texted in Dexter.
3: I've only seen it on streams. Yeah, no, it happens
1: it. to the yeah. best of us. I that guess. was like Showtime. Yeah, what I need to know, I'm going to be at a Super Bowl party in another city with friends. Should we wear our Seahawks jerseys and gear to troll the 49ers? No,
0: no don't do no. that. You look, what? That's you look, what, look desperate. That is... Desperate oh, for I attention. Hate that. I hate
3: I, I,
1: we, A Super Bowl party, aren't you supposed to wear no, your team's jersey? No. No. What? That's so like every commercial.
0: No. That's commercials. This is real life. <laughs> okay, so what's Stacey. Super Bowl
1: party etiquette? Like, you I mean, can, like can wear like a
0: hat or something, maybe a shirt, but don't go. Not a jersey. Yeah. And etiquette is don't walk through that door empty
3: handed. Have something. It could be oh, yeah some Mike's Heart lemonade. Doesn't matter. Walk in the door with something.
1: Yeah, yes. Uh, let's see. Get more questions in. 866-979-3776. Um, someone did ask what I think of the new Vanderpump. I won't linger. I'll say it's starting a little slow. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, and now I'm moving on.
0: 206 <laughs> said Tiger King. Oh, yeah. man. Oh, I that remember was when that, was, that, that is was at COVID. the height of culture yes. in this country. Oh, my God. That was, that was awesome. a show I, where,
1: like, it kept getting crazier. Like there, this I'm. This is a, not my original opinion. It was on a TikTok, but I can't remember the name, so I'm not crediting it, and I'm being horrible for that. But they were joking that an employee's arm was bitten off by a tiger, and they spent thirty seconds on it because <laughs> that's yeah. how crazy that show uh-huh. was. Like things just kept happening. It also
0: came out at the exact right time at the start of COVID, when everybody was home and had nothing else to do. Yeah. So of course you were going to watch Tiger King.
1: Oh, people keep, oh, so is Evil Genius a streaming show? People kept people kept saying, Stacy, Evil Genius, and I thought they were calling me an Evil Genius. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you would.
1: <laughs> okay, so I've had conflicting um, reports from listeners about whether or not you wear your team's jersey. Someone said you only wear your team's jersey if your team is in the Super Bowl. Someone else said, all caps, you're supposed to wear your team's jersey watching through the Super Bowl.
0: Oh, yeah, that's weird.
1: Yeah, yeah, I don't know about that one. Uh, All right. Uh, What I need to know, will you bump some Usher this weekend?
3: Um, My wife plays that type of music when she's cleaning as like a a bat signal to us that we better start cleaning too. (laughs) So at some point, we will be hearing Usher this weekend.
1: Uh, I'll throw in my own what I need to know. If it wasn't Usher, who would you like to see perform at the halftime show? T-Pain. Oh, he's great. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. I was gonna say Nelly. I think he's got more hits than we realize, and he'd have good features. Yep. Agreed. Curtis? Uh
0: it's who hasn't performed?
1: Well, I, I mean it I could wanna, be someone who's already Oh, somebody yeah.
0: who has performed. Mm-hmm. Oh man. I feel like Justin Timberlake said it many times already. Like you would choose Justin times. Timberlake. I, I would Curtis, not, not anymore. Him. He's canceled now. <laughs> canceled. Never canceled. mind.
1: How oh, <laughs> dare uh, he Yeah, I don't know. All right, all right. Yeah. Um, what I need to know: What's your guilty pleasure junk food? Ooh. Okay, so I'm gonna reframe, you're having the worst day ever. The first thing you reach for.
3: See, a specific you, you, brand. I don't I don't have worst days but like I can
1: candy. Okay, okay, okay. Guilty pleasure junk food all Any leave it alone. any
3: type of sour, sweet gummy treat, bars.
1: Yeah. Um I get like the bags of like the family bags where they have mini candies that are already unwrapped. So like mm-hmm. the Reese's Cups, York Peppermint Patties, whatever it is where you yeah. just reach in and yeah. it's like a handful of a small version of, I don't know, that's very specific. I like but both. It's the best and Easy you don't have is. to unwrap. Exactly. All right, you guys, that'll do it for us. For Michael Bumpus, Matt Nelson, Curtis Rogers, I'm Stacey Ross. Don't go anywhere. Wyman and Bob coming up next.